Hey guys, welcome to episode 194 of the podcast with my wonderful guest, Alison Bennett. She is a comedian and writer on, uh, of course, one of my favorite shows of all time, You're the Worst. I say with smugness that I'm on it, I guess. That's not very, uh, it's very self-congratulatory of me, but the honest to God truth is, guys, it's a great show. Um, I am re-recording this intro and I'm going to have to catch up on shout outs next week. I, I recorded one and Katie just let me know that there's something wrong with a file and unfortunately I'm not near my equipment so um, or my computer so uh, that has information on shout outs. So um, bear with me and next week I will get caught up and uh, the most important thing right now for me is getting this marvelous episode out there so you can enjoy Allie. Okay, uh, talk to you soon guys. Bye. Now entering Nerdist.com. a positive thing to say about something i got through i'm, I'm, I'm getting through these 200 episodes no one has asked me to do that i've committed <laughs> clearly only to myself but i'm acting like it's some sort of like huge labor i'm on the other side i'm on the other side <laughs> almost i'm very close right are you sure this mood isn't too sexy this is like no i, I don't like do i don't i don't evening is. podcast that much and uh as long as you don't feel like it's gonna just totally put you to sleep no i'm some, some i'm awake i lighting. love the sexiness you're peppy I feel peppy. How was good. the traffic coming over? Got to get that out of the way. Traffic LA talk. was good. All right. It was pleasant. Yeah. Pleasant even. I, traffic a doesn't bother me. Yeah. That's really good. It's a weird thing. I guess it doesn't bother thing. me that much either. I was thinking right. about that. I was thinking about that because someone was complaining about the traffic and then I thought, you know, I think I don't have road rage and I was trying to sort of <laughs> think what, when do I have that feeling? Right. And I think it's when... I'm entering my address or credit card information onto a page on the web and it won't load right or I have to do it more than two times. That's my road rage is, yeah, I'll just start going crazy. Like, I can't, I can't write my street name one more time. So stupid. autofill? What an easy problem. Yeah, no. Yeah, stuff like that can be really frustrating. Anything with like forgetting passwords and password prompts can make me lose my mind as well. Yeah. Do you have a thing that like, now I'm just asking for information that can cause someone to steal your identity. No, any, I mean, anytime. Your SS, so your SS, so let's like, yeah, yeah, your just, social security number is what? It, it starts with okay, the great. one. Great, 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 great. <laughs> um, let's get that I out I just there. need to verify your identity to okay, do this yeah, podcast because you could be already, uh, you could be already not you. Yeah. Because um, I'm face blind. I have face blindness. <laughs> oh, really? Do you know anyone who actually has that? No. I mean, we write about it on the show with Jimmy. Um, yeah. We work on You're the Worst together and, um. Yeah, we, we talk about it, but there was one girl that um, I knew at like UCB in New York who claimed to have it, but I don't know if I totally buy it. Yeah. Because I'd run into her and she'd be like, hey, Allison. Interesting. <laughs> what was, was her reasoning? She just said that she, I think she just didn't want to memorize anyone's name. Yeah. I think at its heart, that's what that that's was That's really all it was. Yeah, but you know. It worked out. I mean, it, be, it becomes... A, the problem with it, with using that if it's not true, is that it's like... Okay, it's not like this, but imagine if you claimed that you had that total bio- autobiographical, total autobiographical memory like right. Mary Lou Henner does. Oh yeah, and you really have to be able to follow up on that. And 
while that's not exactly the same, I feel like it's a fascinating and fascinating enough kind of quirk to give yourself if it's not true that you are setting yourself up for a lifetime of people being like, I just want to talk with you about this. (laughs) And then you have to be like, Oh God, why did I say I had this? So many tests. Keep lying about it. Yeah. So many tests about May 7th, 1992. What were you doing? Oh yes, certainly that. You could just make stuff up though. I guess that's true. No one's going to really be able to prove it. Sociopath. That's a really good point. Do you think you've known any sociopaths? Oh, yeah. You do? I think so. But I think everyone's a sociopath. <laughs> okay. I actually Maybe got that's true. so into books about psychopaths and sociopaths. Okay, I'm glad you did the reading for me because I think I keep thinking I'm going right. to read them and then I don't. I read them all and then I was on this flight coming back from Hong Kong. This is like two years ago. And I was like, I know all these girls that would really like this book that I just read about psychopaths. So I sent them all an email about it, and then we just started emailing each other about, like, murder articles and all kinds of other weird stuff, and then it grew into a Google group, and now it's, like, 60 girls on both coasts that were just the psychopath chain. I mean, listen, I hate to be gross, but I am interested enough in true crime and fascinated by all that that now I want in. You're going to get on that list. Okay. It's so good. I get an article, like, every day. It's like, have you seen this one? We've all seen that one. And (laughs) what What are what's what are like God every day? Every what, day. what are the are they all sort of like salacious in some way, or some of them just yeah, like yep, some someone got like, hit by a hey, car? This documentary is coming out. Like when yeah. Making a Murder was coming out, everyone's like, "Have you seen the trailer?" Yeah. And um, what did you think about that? And did you do all of the follow up after I you saw actually it? Was did not watch Making a Murder, which is like oh. the weirdest thing about me right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so I like, am. A, I'm shocked. It is shocking. Based on what we're I'm about. like a huge true crime head. Yeah. I was just like moving when it came out, and yeah. then I'll set. I'll like. I'll like sit down. Yeah. And do it like eventually. Okay, I'm excited to talk with you about it once you finished uh, it because I, I felt how I felt, and then I went down the rabbit hole of like listening to some other people on a podcast take it apart who are experts right and it totally changed my whole perspective on it and stuff so it was very interesting yeah i can't i can't wait to dive in yeah. that's gonna be my my next project and I how think. about like uh and then how about something like cereal oh yeah cereal we actually yeah. had to start like a separate google group because uh-huh. people were like a different yeah this is gonna be a like, real good aspects. place for me oh, this yeah. is i think i found my real home online yeah. there was an article that was on jezebel this week about a woman who had murdered her her young daughter and the way that it kind of got tipped off was that she had contacted a photographer to take these photos of her at a grave and photoshop her young daughter in whoa but she got the photos done before she mur- murdered her daughter what <laughs> Yeah. So, like, the timeline was, like, what tipped Whoa. everybody off. Like, creepy, God, like, so weird. Victorian style. Yeah. That's exactly what I was photos. just thinking about. I was like, this sounds like The Others or something, like, some kind of crazy ghost story that's. And, but it, what's funny is that, first of all, there's so much I have to say about this. As none, of, none of it has anything to do with your teenage years. Or maybe it will. It, or well, maybe it will. It, there's uh, some connections there, yeah. Because I was thinking to myself, like, I really. To, I was thinking about the evolution of my fascination with that stuff. And when I was younger, I think I was way more interested in, like, the movies. You know what I mean? Like, right. I was obsessed with Silence of the Lambs when it came out. I was, like, too young to be as obsessed as so I was. Scary. I saw it so many times. Like, multiple times. You're I had great. a poster. I had the poster. 
I had a poster, fucking poster. I mean, in fairness, I was also just in general obsessed with Jenny Foster, not like she was a president obsessed, right. but I just loved her so very much. So kind of, She's um, the best. yeah. And so I had the sounds like poster, but, um, that's a movie now where I turn it on and I can acknowledge like, this is a brilliant movie. I have yeah. no interest in watching it. It's turning my stomach. It's upsetting me. Right. It feels too real now. I've, I've come in touch with my own mortality. Mm-hmm. And so I'm less interested in, like things that are fictional that make me feel this unease and awareness that people are capable of horrible things. And yet it's turned over into more of a fascination with people who actually do it. Real crime. And somehow that, which doesn't mean I want to see like graphic photos, but the discussion of it and talking about it, I, I'm completely captivated by it, and also the sort of law and detective stuff around it but I don't like right. watch criminal mo- like I'm not interested in seeing fake versions of that anymore now Just I'm only interested in real problems that need to be solved discovery yeah whole channel and so and so I guess my I'm trying to figure out like what's that about and also is it me or do more women than men it's women and I talk about this let's, with my friends like, get, let's get right into all it the time. I want you to educate and me and inform me there's it's like a two part thing I think one you got to stare into that abyss. Yeah. Because the second part is it's the only type of story where reliably the main character, the victim, is a woman. <laughs> oh, God. Which is like so or a dark. Child. A woman or, or a child. A woman or a child. Yeah. I mean, I'm disgusting. I'll be watching ID and I'll be like, oh, a man gets killed in this one? Uh, you're like, I want to snore. But like, it's mostly women. And I yeah. think there's just like some sick part of you that. I don't know. Now I'm like the creepiest podcast guest ever. I honestly look into that. No, I don't. You're not. And it's something that it certainly has come up before. Um, And also like, we're not, that's the other thing I was going to say is I don't think that, um, I think that most grown women who are interested, it's not like, like there are tons of girls in comedy who are really interested in that. You know what I'm saying? It's not like we all walk around moping, only listening to Elliot Smith and, you know, living in a world where, like, we just think everything sucks all the time because we've seen the dark side, we've looked into right. the abyss, and we can't walk away. And I don't know if that would be different if we were more hands-on. I know I couldn't actually be a forensic. No. You know what I mean? I would be no. shattered every second. But to have so many people who are, like, actually kind of bright, upbeat people who are in comedy and laughing all the time and, right. you know, sort of living their lives in a way that is actually like celebrating the positive yeah. versus, you know, ac- what actually takes us down that road. About balance too. Yeah. I think so many I guess comedy people say like, and I've heard it a million times, like they don't want to go home and watch comedy because mm-hmm. it feels mm-hmm. like more work. Mm-hmm. So like, what are you going to do? You've been laughing in a room all Thank day, which we're so that. lucky to do. Yeah. Get a little dark at night. I love it. <laughs> go you know what darkness. I especially love is the British ones because then I don't know anyone on them at all. These guys know that the BBC is my Hollywood, oh. where I sort of like look at all those people like, I, I, they're not even actors to me. They're just the characters that they, because I don't have to, right. you know, I com- completely disassociate because I don't know anybody. And especially because I also like love sort of like Scottish moors, like Nordic snow murder shit, so like fucking fog everywhere. I love that feeling. And so that's especially, and those are always especially grim. Like there's uh. just such a weight to them that are like, 
if if someone is try if they're tr- someone is trying to be talked off a ledge, even if everyone else in the show has already died, that person will not come off the ledge. They right. will plunge to their death. I know they will plunge. Scandinavia is terrifying. Oh yeah, like all the books I've read that have come out of there. They're and- so good though. Oh, so good. I love I love that like. I think that isolation, that snow isolation, is very, very compelling to me. Super intense. Yeah. Now, okay. So, where? Speaking of snow, yes. where did you? Did you ever have like what was your sort of experience of what would have been scary for you in your environment when you were growing up and like when you were a teenager? Like for me, I'm from the desert, and so right. there was like certainly the sort of like where are the scorpions, mm-hmm. where are the tarantulas. But it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to die in a snowdrift or something like that. Right. I grew up in central Pennsylvania, um, which is like very rural. So, you know, scary rednecks okay. was, a big, All right. <laughs> yep. was a big thing yeah. to fear, like getting kidnapped by a scary Ooh. redneck yeah. um, was always a fear. <laughs> um, I kind of, I my dad owned flea markets and antique malls in Pennsylvania. And so I was, you know, working for him a lot and um, I had to sell like, dead baby um victorian photography and you know, stuff mm. and like creepos would come in sure and, like i would sell them these photos of like dead babies or whatever weird victorian stuff. so you would actually see people coming in that you were like you are something's wrong with you and, oh yeah and i'll take your money oh yeah i mean there were like regulars that would come in that were just really looking for like the dark stuff and we i mean my dad's Antique malls do not have like a lot of that, yeah. but occasionally they. Would I would get imagine stuff probably in. some geese and bonnets and things like that, yeah. maybe from time to time. Very yeah. wholesome, but there yeah. is like that weird undercurrent, and yeah. I was just around weirdos constantly. Yeah. Do, um, side note: Have you been to yeah. Sleep No More? Yeah. So it's like that. You must have looked around yeah. and been like, "Oh, this is just like the worst, scariest version of my dad's antique oh, yeah. mall." I was like, "I'm gonna look in this drawer." Yeah, I'm not afraid. Oh, it's the best. Oh, sleep no more. I so love good. the. Oh God, the detail of that is is very very it's satisfying. Amazing. Um, my dad writes books about ghost towns and mining camps. So what I enjoy is that your dad ends up with all the stuff that used to be in the scary, empty places that my dad would take me to. So you're by right. the stuff, and I'm in the places. Yeah, mine's the shopping experience, <laughs> and mine's of the vacation. Stuff. Right. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. A lot of, uh, a lot of dad the road trips. trip. Yeah. yeah. Of course. And would you go with your dad to go like get stuff and bring it back no, to No, my those dad, places? weirdly, he was just like a real estate guy. So he owned the businesses, but he would rent out like the booths to other people. Okay. So he was coming at it from like a complete like business. Oh, angle. interesting. So you would never see him express enthusiasm like, look at this 19th I mean, century. A lot of like old guns. He's like a collector of like old guns. And from being in that environment, I mean, I think his one business is like 20 years old now he's like picked up a lot of yeah. information about it as have i weirdly i can be like oh this pottery's blah 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 uh-huh, like out uh-huh. and about now which is insane but yeah um he was coming at it from more of a business angle than like a i love antiques angle right right yeah and uh and do, or do you have brothers and sisters i do i have a sister okay. who's two years younger than me and then i have a stepbrother who i just say my brother because sure um our parents got together when he was like four so he yeah. does not remember a yeah. world and he's like 24 so okay he's still young did they also participate in any of the no. antique stuff i mean my brother like more there. than my sister my sister, like the oldest uh, piece of furniture or whatever that she has to this day is probably like 2007. Uh-huh. <laughs> like she rejected it completely. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I can I'm understand that. I'm not working there. I'm yeah. not doing it. Like I don't want to get weird with you. But you do love vintage because we knew had that. Do. We joked about it. Uh, does that extend to 
things other than clothing or is it mostly uh, the clothing, clothing and, like, and accessories my house and is, stuff? My house is insane. Yeah. Like crazy vintage furniture and like stuff on the walls and it's, you know, it's something I'm totally obsessed with. But yeah, I my sister does not share that interest. <laughs> and do you feel like because people ask me about that cuz I have a lot of stuff like that too right. and I feel kind of guilty that I don't have um a lot of the time people maybe because people who aren't into it assume that it has to have this attachment but people are that people will be like so is part of it like oh my god how many people wore this dress before me or like hey did you you know isn't it cool to think of this uh coffee table like actually being in the 1950s and I have to be like to be honest with you I have not thought about its existence other than what, how it's important to me. Like, right. I don't. I know I like it. I'm like, and does I don't it look give dope? A lot of thought. Yeah. The only ones that I have, I collect vintage like 50s paint by numbers. That's uh, the only thing that I kind of connect with because I have this like inner. I mean, it's definitely not like a, a something that I actively cultivated, but I guess right. I do have this idea of I, I have like without and meaning to at all sad housewives who are lonely painting these vintage paint by numbers that for some reason is in there that's the only one that's the only one where for some reason that the activity right. of that feels built in yeah sitting there Which, doing those who knows cats, if that's even what it is yeah those deer yeah exactly exactly some sad deer i do dig that i do dig that <laughs> it's good um okay so uh, fear of rednecks fear of rednecks so you were in a rural area but Super you weren't rural. but it wasn't your family wouldn't be considered rural in the no. same way no I, the, my town was super weird. It's called Lewisburg, Pennsylvania. And so Bucknell University is there. Okay. It's like a, you know, a university. And then the federal penitentiary is also there. Wonderful. On uh, SVU, they're constantly like, they're going to Lewisburg. Oh, God. Which is like that. <laughs> yeah. And then it was like, you know, surrounding farms and whatever. So I went to high school with kids whose parents were like the African-American professor, uh, studies professors at Bucknell. Mm-hmm. And then like the most redneck yeah. people ever and like kids whose parents were these fancy academics and people whose parents were prison guards and it was this really interesting that's a real neat that's a that's quite a mix yeah the idea of your one family could be prison guards and the other family could be prisoners that's like yeah and then one family is like university kids that's pretty interesting yeah was there um were there actual things that happened or that you heard about like you know what I mean? In terms of like, was there any kind of actual real reason to be afraid of like, I don't know, we're in a really remote place. You know what happened to so-and-so? Or is it just that uh, sort of like... I mean like a urban little bit. Mostly just like urban legend, legend or whatever. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, we would go to the prison... Um, like the prison area. There's the reservation. I forgot the word for a second. Oh, yeah. Like every year, the prisoners would have a haunted house oh my for God. the public. Let me just back off yes. and deal with this for one quick second. Yep. The prisoners would build it for wow. an entire year. And then I guess like the white collar criminals and the guards were the ones in like the Jason hockey mask. <laughs> And That's... you'd be like a 13-year-old girl and you and your friends would get in a minivan and you'd go there and you'd wait in a super long line and then you would go to this haunted house that was in a barn on the federal prison reservation. I am so flabbergasted. You must love telling that story to people. because it's that's nuts. And let me, by the way, let me say, I don't like, 
for all of the talking that we've been doing about murder, et cetera, I also have like enough personal experience understanding the prison system that most of the people in prison don't probably shouldn't even be there. And they're there on three strikes and they're there because they're burglars or they're there because they dealt drugs or whatever. And so I'm not in any way saying like all prisoners are psycho, but it's just the irony of that is so, I mean, first of all, I love that they're busy doing something like, yeah, it's like awesome. How exciting and how fun and have it be like a thing that's actually kind of thrilling and fun to work on. It feels like it's about someone else's amusement. All of that is wonderful. It doesn't make it any less like bizarre. It's bonkers. I'm one of my best friends from high school lives out in LA now and we were out to dinner a couple weeks ago and I was like, Erica, did that happen? <laughs> yeah. Because her dad, yeah. her stepdad was like a warden. And I was like, did we do this? Like, did I just make this up? Is this like some dumb comedy thing where I've like right. sticked to my entire right. life into right. existence? Right. Or like, did this happen? And she was like, oh, yeah. Hundred percent. Did you? Did you? Was there a recognition of like the oddness of that then, or was yeah. it just the norm? Like, no. well, yeah, they do this haunted house. So I mean, big deal. There was kind of like it was kind of odd, but it was like, oh, well, we're doing this and we do it every year, and we're going yeah. for like you know Lindsay Braddock's birthday party. I mean, I'm, 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 I am fascinated. It would be one thing if they built it all and then someone else came in and acted as the yeah. Jason I think in it was the hockey. Probably masks, mostly but, guards. I mean, yeah. I mean, it would have to be right. I, I, I can't this is a mystery imagine. I will never I can't imagine that they would be like, why don't you go ahead and put this bag over your head and cut out these holes, person? And I you know, go Here's ahead and attack girls. Yeah, attack and grab these girls and make them shriek. That seems like it might be a bad idea. Possibly. So nuts. Possibly. So I grew up in a weird place. Yeah. God, it really super is. Super weird. It really is. Did you feel like I mean, based on what you described, it's kind of an environment where I could imagine no one felt they quote unquote fit in or everyone kind of felt like they fit in or were there still kind of clicks that you like observed and participated There were definitely clicks. It was weird because it was small too. So there would be like 125 kids per class. Yeah. And then everybody was kind of coming from a different background, um, especially because kids in the university system and the prison system had moved around a lot. Yeah. And like I was a townie. Like my grand my dad went to my high school, my grandparents went to my high school. Wow. Like I'm like the first person in my family since, you know, people left Germany oh, to wow. leave the state of Pennsylvania. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. So it was like we had been there for a while. Like we were total townies, but like people were coming from quote real places. Uh-huh. And like being at this high school that was like so small. Yeah. And it was kind of a it was an interesting experience. There was also like financially a lot of differences i think between people like there god i bet so that was like a a big thing um what um what kind of group were you if if you were sort of yeah i hung out with like art nerds yeah mostly yeah i'm glad that there were other art nerds you know there were a surprising amount of people that i went to high school with and i'm not sure if it's because the university was there and therefore we were exposed to like mm-hmm. a lot of touring you know musicals and you know, art things or whatever. But there are a lot of people that I went to high school with who have gone into the arts, which yeah. is nuts. That's great. For such a small uh, group of people. We were also super bored. Yeah. Like my town. That can go a number of different directions, but if it takes yeah. you in the direction of being creative, that's kind of great. I mean, we didn't have chain restaurants. We didn't have anything. Yeah. So we had to make our own fun, which sounds so cliche, but we did. Like and how does that? To. Yeah. Well, first of all, I, I think that, again, that can be 
a good thing and it can also just be like so we just started making meth i mean what else were we gonna do right we had to make meth because we had nothing else going on you're so bored yeah. like oh what's it's this chemical do i mean yeah it's some sometimes things go that road um yeah what about like oh i didn't know that the dogs were out and available oh, to hang out this I is gonna be kind this. of annoying Hi, Hi, this is this changes everything. It's changing my life in um, a great way. Dogs, you're Hi intense. Guys. Dogs, oh. you're going to knock everything over. Uh, oh. I, I, oh, I, microphone It's dog. been a while since I've allowed this uh, participation of the dogs. And hey, oh, water glass. My I don't think that. so. That's all right, guys. That's Whitley. She's uh, a lot. Oh, they probably smell uh, the most classic thing to say when a dog. They scenario. probably smell my they dog. They probably smell mm-hmm. my dog. What kind of dog do you have? I have a little terrier mix named Rhoda. Rhoda. She's so insane. Wonderful, hey. Rhoda. Um, we'll see how we do with this. Yeah. Uh, but um, so you, a lot of people came through. You made your own Yeah, fun. a lot of making our own fun, art stuff, hanging out. Like for a two-year period, both movie theaters in my hometown were being renovated at the same time. So if I wanted to see a movie, we had to drive for an hour. An hour? An Good hour. Gravy. Yeah. How does dating work with a, such a small group of people? I mean, it didn't. I mean, I'd gone to school with everyone since kindergarten, if not preschool. And I had some awkward phases in there. Yeah. So, I mean, I had yeah, some... Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, like, unless people move in, like, unless it's, like, some army brat some moved fresh in meat. Or, yeah. <laughs> Oh, they also say that in prison. Yeah. Uh, very, very informed by yeah. that experience. Yeah. Um, I had a boyfriend who was like a year behind me in school or two years behind me. He was like a year younger. And so that was my version of fresh, of fresh me uh-huh. going after the, the younger me. Yeah. But you were still um, someone that you had known for a while? No, I hadn't known him because he was a little bit younger. But then we, of course, met like doing plays. And then, you know, we dated for like two years or whatever like oh, into wow. my first year of college well you probably were like mine as well like i know slim pickens he's here and he's cute and he's into art sure and like, yeah a younger I was, man i loved him a younger man i mean that's that's un- slightly unusual slightly I think. unusual he was like you know i think he was like a calendar year younger than me yeah but that was you know it was a scandal at the time it was a scandal it was a total scandal he was in my sister's class and she was not having it at first oh okay so your sister's two years younger but he was in so yeah he's in her class but he, he was, was in her class, class yeah. than you. i'm like embarrassed talking about this now like, <laughs> like i'm sitting like in judgment I'm, yeah like i'm being like wow, he's just uh, he's 12 months younger guys man, like obviously i, I still uh, listen i no, i'm sure it's great i'm sure he was very <laughs> mature for his age um i'm so embarrassed oh my god all these it's years later darling that stuff like holds on no it does it really does it's crazy i there's a sort of like there's a sort of like emotionless smear for a lot of my uh like late teens early 20s but like every but that has enabled me to have acute feelings pertaining to high school yeah like if i try hard i can definitely very easily connect with i just said if i try hard i can easily do it but if i if i sort of really go down memory lane thinking about like the times that you know i felt crushed by someone it's right there because i have total autobiographical memory and i mean well, no. uh, yeah i was going to ask you very, what was going on in 1997 i was wearing a blazer oh good blazer i had a key nest blazer oh, is that a good that's a good that's a and gloves good, uh, pretty good guess and gloves i always wore fingerless gloves full actually look. yeah full i look. was i went for it and a derby so obsessed that's not that's actually not untrue when I think back. To I don't think it's that untrue for anyone. Is that, is that what you were? Were you wearing no, vintage clothes when you were in high school? I, was, I started getting into that like later in life. Um, there was definitely a period where I was just like, fuck it. I'm wearing whatever. Yeah. I but we didn't, that. but we didn't have fashion. 
<laughs> right. Yeah. Where did you get your clothes? Well, my mom was like very. What if you like the prison again? They also made clothes. They made our clothes. My mom was very, um, like, she really wanted us to know there was a world outside of central Pennsylvania. Yeah. And wait, when did your parents split up? They split up when I was were... 11. Okay. And, but they stayed in the same town. They stayed in the same town. I mean, that's pretty interesting because it was such a small town. So obviously yeah. they had a somewhat of an amicable relationship. Yeah. They worked hard for us. I mean, they yeah. lived five minutes away still to this day when. And your brother is your. He's my stepmom's child. Got it. Yeah. Um, yeah, my parents live like one road away from each other. When I go home, I just drive back and forth on that road yeah. the entire time to yeah. this day. But yeah, I mean, it was a super small town, and I know it was probably hard on both of them, but they stayed there. And I, there was a period where my mom asked my sister and I, like, do you want to move? Yeah. And I think there had been so much change in our life at that point that we were both like, no, that's okay. Yeah. Like, we'll, we'll stay here. Yeah. Um, and I regretted it immediately. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Like a year later, I was yeah. like, wait, no, like I changed my mind. I think I want to live yeah. like somewhere else. Yeah. But, you know, Too in late. that moment, I was like, no, let's stay. Yeah. Did you, um, was there a general sense from, like you were saying about the kids who went into the arts and obviously this being kind of um, uh, very different from what your family's experience was of you being the, you know, the first person to move out. Was right. there a sense among friends or among people, uh, a lot of people in your class that was like, of course, we're not going to stay here. We're all going to go elsewhere. I think it was a split. I think it was like 50, 50. What um, did people who stayed, what was like the thing that people, would they continue on? They would whatever do, you know, family work, business would be or go work in the prison or go work family business, prison, um, healthcare hospitals are, around uh-huh. you know just like regular people i know what am I, why am i acting like no you know it's, i mean it's would strange. they make you were they more than making carpets what were they i mean i, I mean it was car- no i mean some kind of weird specific thing of course it makes sense but. yeah just like you know hanging around and there's a lot of them but um i think my mom recognized early in me that i was like gonna get out of there very yeah. quickly and you know in terms of like back to school shopping and stuff like that to answer the earlier question like we would go to like a real mall yeah like we'd go to the king of prussia mall in philadelphia and like stay overnight in a hotel oh yeah and like go to a chili's or something that's an interesting way to kind of mark that back to school time i bet in a in a kind of interesting special way that i wouldn't have had because it was like oh let's go get your trapper keeper at the price club right it was just not didn't have that same kind of ceremony to it lots of ceremony yeah and so we'd go and do that every year and then we'd come back when i was younger we would have to like do a fashion show for my dad which now just feels so gendered and bizarre i know <laughs> do you know what I mean? Here like my princesses. Yeah, so bizarre. Around. Oh, look at us. Here's my back yeah. to school outfit, yeah. Dad. Like so weird. Like you paid for this, so now you get to yeah. look at it. Like yeah. so weird. Like so weird. But at the time, you know, it was really good. So Well, were you also like a little performer kid at home where you would be uh, like, Dad, we wrote this little play. That was the most obnoxious piece of shit ever, probably. <laughs> <Some shit. laughs> amazing constantly like roping my sister into stuff and like i was the first born grandchild on my mom's side of the family so they joked that they used to just like sit around and like clapped like if i went the bathroom i was the same the first yeah i was the first grandchild on my mom's side of the family and i definitely felt like I remember feeling a sense because I didn't have siblings. So the right. only experience I really had of like, oh, I guess I'm not the only one anymore was I was my cousins. But they all lived so much further away than I lived from my grandparents that it was still kind of like, like, I think I thought I was having like secret looks with my grandma. Like, we both know I'm number one, right? In every way. It's me. It's yeah. me. 
I think the only thing that evened me out is that my younger sister was born naturally very bossy mm-hmm. and has continues to run my life to this yeah. day. <laughs> like with, with unchecked power, like I think I could be a very big problem right now. But she like popped out and was like, not going to happen. Sorry. Yeah. Like I'm here. That's funny. Oh, totally. And she knows she thought she thinks of herself as bossy, like in, oh, a, yeah. in a loving way. Totally. Yeah. She's, she embraces that That's role great. in all of our lives. That's and great. It's so funny. My, so what does that mean? Does that mean that she's like, like, how does that manifest itself? My sister is like the nicest person who's ever lived. Like she works with, you know, people. She's always working with jobs, like helping other people, like went to school to help other people. But when she's like flips that switch, she'll come after you in the night. Yeah. Like she is tough. Like... I remember calling, like, shotgun, like, you know, yeah. going to my dad's, like, Jeep As Wrangler or whatever. Yeah. Calling shotgun and her just, like, ripping me out of the passenger seat because she was stronger than me uh-huh. and just being like, nope. And I would yeah. be laughing so hard that I couldn't protect myself yeah, and yeah. she would just, like, get in the passenger seat. And, be and like, do you admire how that, um, like, what the ways in which that works for her as, a, as an adult? Like, do you sort of look to that and go, I want more of that? I should be more like that? Or do you feel like, no, I th- I'm good? I think it's weird because I think in my professional life, I feel like I can turn on, like, the boss stuff. But... Um, I just love that she's, she's like, has this power even over my friends out here. Mm-hmm. Like, I recently got divorced and started dating again. And my, my one friend was, like, worried that maybe I was doing it a little bit too early. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I made a promise to Aaron Bennett. I looked her in the eye and I said I would take care of you. Oh. Like, And she had met her, like, you know, three times. Yeah. She just has that that power over people. Well, but it sounds like you, so, but you had, I mean, if you were laughing when she pulled you out of the, uh, out of shotgun, but like, it sounds like you had a good relationship opposed to a, a super acrimonious kind of like, Oh yeah. Competitive relationship. I or... mean, she beat me up with a Trisket box once, <laughs> but I did retaliate. She locked herself into a bathroom and I kind of like dramatically put a little knife under the door. Like oh, I was going to stab her. You know, wiggled, we like, you wiggled a knife. Under I wiggled the door. a knife. Like we, we went at it. Yeah. But then, you know, as soon as I went to college, it was like, Oh, well we're best friends forever. Now there was never like a question of whether or not that was going to happen. Yeah. And so you were a performer, but she was in charge. She was in charge. And she didn't really perform, but you were doing No, she was, I kind of forced her to be stage manager Uh of a play her freshman year because we needed one. And I was like, Erin, just come be stage manager. Yeah. And then one of the girls got like a contact stuck in her eye or something. And there was a chance that my sister was going to have to go on and perform. Wow. This is like a Saved by the Bell. And by the way, I've only seen one episode of Saved by the Bell. Well, I've seen them all. Okay. And it's very appropriate. Yeah. And she looked at me like I was going to die. Yeah. Like she was like, you got me into this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think part of her was secretly pleased. She's very funny. I tell her all the time, like, if you want to work on a script with me, I will help you get a job. Like you are so funny. I want you in a punch up room. And she's like, no. (laughs) I think that's so cool. But like, I I mean, I think, like, I wonder, again, this is all total speculation because I don't have siblings, but. To have that relationship where instead of feeling like, this is my thing that I do, sister, that right. you're like, I do it, but like, you're super funny. You should do so this. Or you funny. could do this. I think it's so great. My dad's super funny. My stepbrother, my stepmom's is like super funny. My mom can be funny. Um, she just, you know, is a little bit more sensitive, so I don't go as, as hard with yeah. her. Like my mom and my... I mean, my dad, my sister, my brother, my stepmom and I, we just, like, to this day, we just, like, rip into each other. Like, in a funny, funny. like, loving way. Yeah, yeah. I think that's so great. I mean, that's... 
that's I, that appeals to me, I guess, because my dad is very funny. That is feels more relatable to me than my friends who are like, I don't know where I got it. Like I go home and my parents look at me like I'm crazy, you know, and I sort of feel like I have to, I have like a different face that I put on and that there's not, that's not like it's unpleasant, but right. it just isn't the, the person that I am with my friends is not the same person I am with my family. And I don't have right. that really. So, um, it's always interesting to want to hear about that. And that what you're talking about is much more sort of what yeah. I can relate to is like, and I roll back and I'm like the one that gets made fun of the most. I'm like, I, over Thanksgiving, I was like, I'm cool, guys. I'm <laughs> cool. I was like, what's happening? Like, I am so cool. And yeah. my stepmom was like, Allison, if you were really cool, like, would you have to tell us all that you're yeah. cool? Yeah. <laughs> it was really funny. But I was like, wait, I'm the oldest sibling. Like, right. what are you guys doing to yeah. me? Because they constantly team up. I mean, I think that's great. This Thanksgiving, my, my brother made a, a catchphrase for me. Oh, which yeah? Which was, I've been through a lot. Oh, uh, well. And I was like, what? <laughs> I have not said that, like, at all. At any point, he was coming like, I've been through a lot. And, I was and like, so he just was doing an impression of you, and that yeah. would be the impression. Yeah, and that like, was like... This is my sketch character of my sister. Yeah. That's really funny. It was so funny. Um, what were you... What kind of uh, plays were you guys doing in this small town? Just, like, you know, the regular, you know, uh, Annie musicals Perfect. and, like, Will Rogers Follies and Grease and... We did fall play. We did like midsummer. Mm-hmm. It's like the the most basic. Yeah, of basic. That's, I mean, plays. that's all I ever But it was did super anyway. fun. Pretty much, yeah. It was my life. It I was, loved it. Did it feel like your life? Is that were you a good student? I was that? a very good student. Um, despite were your having classes easy, or did you feel like they considering sort of some the, of them were hard. I I was one of those kids who like freshman and sophomore year I was like I can do math and science like I'm not great at it but I can do it and then I signed up for like honors chemistry junior year and just got destroyed yeah like my my math brain turned off at like age 14 15 yeah I've never been able to get it back it's so I love that that makes it sound like you've tried I wanted to degree yeah but I was very calculating like I was not getting a good grade in honors chem so I made that teacher write my college recommendation I was like, this is going to balance it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I it think is. That's in a really letter, good idea. In the letter, she was like, if Allison enjoys something, she does better at it. <laughs> well, I mean, first I of all, like, well, I, hopefully that's true of all students. But, right. uh, but what, and so were you, did you have passions about anything besides theater? Um, I was really, uh, you know, we watched a lot of like B horror movies with my friends and I did, I liked visual art a lot. Although, you know, with chorus, I was always angling to try to get a better part in the musical. Mm -hmm. So with chorus happening the same time as some of the art classes, I had to really, you know, give up some visual art stuff, which is so weird that they make you choose between sports and art. And then once you get into art, like between the different kinds of art, once you're in high school. Agreed. That always bummed me out too. That was true of the dance, like the advanced dance and the advanced drama classes were at exactly the same time. And I thought there's a lot of people who would want to do both. There's some overlap here. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we were just lucky to have those programs at all, considering it was a public school. And like some some people would be like, oh, you had a dance class. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that's crazy. So, and that's I'm jealous of that. I can't dance. Well, I don't know <laughs> that I could either. But, you know, when you're doing when you're taking a, a, a public school dance class, it's like anybody can. You know what I mean? You're learning kind of like five seconds of tap, a few plies, you know, a lot of modern, right? a lot of modern, a lot of undulating of the spine. Undulating, yeah. It could be that you're using scarves in an interesting way. 
I don't know. I remember that teal unitard though. Like I had the same teal unitard for like f- four years of dance. Like why? Because I did. I guess we just didn't have any money. Right. That's all I ever had. The idea of wearing a unitard at school is like my worst nightmare. Oh I yeah, think. it's excruciating. Even then, I was like not comfortable with my body in that way. It was like something. Like, that part of it was kind of something to get through. It was like, oh, you can wear like. Remember, it was a big deal when someone wore like men's boxers over the, their unitard, and I was like, oh my god, I can hide my butt. Game this changer. This is wonderful. Yeah, now it's like an outfit. Oh, God. So good. Were you, uh, did you have self-consciousness about that kind of stuff? Or did you feel kind of like, I'm good? It's kind of weird. It took a while for it to kick in. I was really lucky in that my parents never mentioned physical appearance. And so I was like a mutant with a unibrow and like a bowl cut for like ever. And I just thought I was awesome. Great. Like, wasn't an issue. I was like, okay, like fast trends didn't really exist, like I said, because we didn't have stores. Yeah. So I was just like, all right, like bopping along. And then, uh-huh. you know, when I was in high school, I didn't really pay that much attention to my weight and had these two very naturally thin friends who'd be like, let's order cheesy bread from Domino's after school. And I'd be like, yeah. And so my weight would always like fluctuate. Like yeah. there are times where I was definitely like more chubby. But until somebody would, like, call it out to me, like, I wouldn't notice. Yeah. And it got called out, like, by a musical director and, like, a mean boy at school. Oh, yay, yay. And looking back, I was like, I was fine. But those comments, like, hurt. But it really took someone else to, like, put that thought mm-hmm. in my brain before. It's an interesting social experiment in that sense that it really is. Like, oh, this is a perfect example of kind of figuring out where the, where the mirror has to exist for us to even start feeling those things. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so nice to just be able to turn all of that, all of those voices off. Um, By the end of high school, I think society had caught up to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> Did you bought like, this is going mean, to, this is, I've never even asked anyone this question. I've had plenty of people who come from rural communities. So no, I'm, I really, no, again, please. I don't want you to think that I thought you lived in like a cave, but it was did you bought, but, but it's based kind of on what you were saying, but like, did you read, you know, like 17 magazine, like where you, did you become interested in like, you know, sort of those things that, that kind of cater more to those, uh, for lack of a better term, superficial stuff. Right. We got the Delia's catalog. I mean, this was pre-internet oh, rural yeah, America. Delia, sure. I went to summer, I went to performing arts summer camp. With really wealthy girls from New York and New oh, Jersey. Oh, I bet, yeah. So I would go. Was the summer camp? It was Camp Balbay for the performing arts. It was like on the border of New York and Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And I would go there, and they would be like, "This is rent. This is Mac lip gloss. This is a Tiffany's necklace. Like all this stuff. This yeah. is Abercrombie and Fitch." Yeah, and labels, I would be like, labels, labels. Wow, this is kind of cool. Yeah. And so in my travels, because my mom, you know, was making sure that I was seeing Broadway shows or that we were going on vacations or whatever, if I saw one of those stores. I'd like nab an Abercrombie shirt. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I'd be like, I'm going to wait till the kids at home see yeah. this. And uh-huh. then I would go to school and like nobody would care. Yeah. Abercrombie. It was like Lynch. hard to be trendy if you, even if you wanted to be. I think that's so great. I just think that's so great. Um, that's, I feel, I find that refreshing uh, to say the least. Yeah. Um, and so was, com- was comedy something that you paid attention to? Like, did you watch SNL or did you like, no. were you a fan of those kinds of movies? Because obviously the movie theaters were not even in business. I mean, we were like video stores where you guys there were video, video stores. stores. We watched a lot of things. My group of friends was like kind of diverse. So we only really watched B horror movies. Cause that's what we could agree on. Uh-huh. But, um, and I, I like to write as so I was like writing like weird little funny plays and stuff. But, 
Um, that's great. Yeah, I wouldn't say. I think I, it's great that you were writing that young. That's pretty. I mean, that can be rare for, especially for girls. Yeah, love doing that. Um, but I wasn't like a, a comedy nerd. Uh, I didn't have any like older brothers or friends to kind of, um, or older girlfriends to kind of be like, this is the way. Like this is kids yeah. in the hall. Like it's, I didn't get that so much, much later. Of a, yeah, I mean, I, it's interesting that how much of that comes to us from slightly older people sometimes, like right. whether it's siblings or just friends or yeah. It's interesting when that then when that's not there to be and it has to be discovered completely on its own or whatever. Totally. Um, but it came out later for sure. But at the time that you know that wasn't that wasn't really my thing. I was like really into you know theater of course and reading. What kind of books did you like reading? Just like I was like into you know like Vonnegut like pretty classic stuff. I had a yeah. really good ninth grade English teacher who saw that I liked to write. And so I think just to make me happy, she would like assign me extra books. Yeah. I read like little essays and stuff. Great. And do you still read uh, that much? Yeah. That's uh, cool. Since I've moved to LA a little bit less because I'm not on the subway. Yeah. But I've done these challenges the last couple of years to see how many books I can read in a year. The most I ever got to was like 117. But that's great. (laughs) Because I feel like I've become very lazy about actually consuming like the written word. I get antsy and I will listen to audiobooks, have them read right. to me, but it's because I can also like do a bunch of chores and sort of or be out on my bike or, you know, becomes this kind of like, oh, I have to be actively doing something and it's it, it it isn't as much that immersive, you know, where like your eyes are focused on the words. Like it all right. of it is sort of dedicated to the experience of of getting the story into your brain. And I, I think I'm like ashamed of that because I did used to be this person that would constantly, you know, I mean, the right. super cliche of like walking to school, <laughs> holding the book and like bumping into people and right. stuff, but like a hundred percent. Yeah. Like what, like, like walking between classes, reading a book, you know? Yeah. Totally. Which feels like now just some sort of weird, you know, ad- like pre-adolescence book, like actual character in a book who does that, but we did it. We totally did it. There was a moment even today where I was like, I don't think I've been like reading enough lately. Are you a Kindle? Like a Kindle I'm slash a Kindle, uh, yeah. person? Yeah. I'm a Kindle person. You don't need the paper between your fingers. No, I mean, I'll, I'll read. I'll read paper for sure. If I get a good paperback with mm-hmm. a cool cover. Uh-huh. That's, ex- <laughs> like a, that's exciting. But, yeah. you know, just in terms of ease of carrying stuff around. I know. Really I've transitioned. Difference. I could. I definitely don't need to be lugging around like a hardback of something just because there is one. No, it's probably kind of dumb. No um, way. Let's get into this mash game. I'm yes. excited about it. Uh, let's see how. First of all, this does not have much juice. Oh, maybe it does. Um, okay. Uh, my first category is going to be. This will surprise you not at all. I'm sure, nor will it surprise anyone else. But let's do um, three uh, musicals and characters that in this match alternate universe you've played, and it could be you know gender bending, it could be age non non specific, just like three musicals okay. and characters you'd be. Um, the narrator and Joseph. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I'm just going to do ones the parts that I wanted that I didn't get. I think Great. it's going to be my theme. Um, Rizzo in Greece. Yes. Get it in there. You'd be great. And I'm just going to do the girl in last five years, even though I don't know her name. Perfect. I certainly <laughs> don't either. Gorgeous. But it'd be super fun. All right. Perfect. Okay, great. Um, next one is, uh, three, let's do, uh, your vacation home is inside of, uh, three books. Ooh. So three books where the world becomes real and you have this place you can escape to whenever you want. Oh man. Let me think here. Uh, it's a lot of pressure. I this understand. is a lot because I'm like thinking, right, I don't want to pick like a dummy 
book right now. It's a, it's to be able to like, again, to, to have that catalog where you just go into this file in your mind and pull something out. I know that that's kind of an impossibility. So it's, it's definitely an exercise in improv, but all right, well, let's do, let's do, uh, 1984. Great. <laughs> it's just like, we'll get super weird. <laughs> let's do, um, the goldfinch because okay. of like, old New York and that sure. weird Arizona stuff. Sure. I'm just thinking of recent stuff. Um, and let's do... Uh, so I can go on vacation just for a little bit. Yeah, just disappear into just it. Just disappear. So it can be a world where, yeah, it can be a world where, like, nothing is even close to being real. Real. Um, let's do the Jeffrey Tubin O.J. Simpson book. Amazing. Where I could just go and sit and watch that trial. Are you enjoying the uh, the FX show? Have you watched oh, it? Oh, yeah. It's it, they're striking a balance that I'm amazed by. It's so good. Like they're striking a, a balance between just being super arch and also being like totally respectful of the incredible weight that so much of that had on America. I don't know how they're doing it. I'm really impressed. It's been. It's been a it's wild been, ride. It's been a wild ride. Yeah. And my friends and I read the book right before the show came out. So Smart. we've been like nerding out. Yeah. Do you remember, do you have a memory of that as it was happening? A little bit. But the trial was on the Esquire network last night and I was watching it. Oh, it was? And I was like, Cato is funny. <laughs> I think I remember people saying that then and I just was not... You know, I was, I just remember being like, I have a lot of schoolwork to do. Like, I don't remember being captivated by it at all. I mean, I remember discussions about it, like in class, weirdly. Right. But I don't remember, you know, I, I have a sense of it overall, but I also feel like part of my memory of it is attached to ever since people referring back to it. Do you know what I mean? Right. I remember they put the TVs on, like on those little carts when the verdict was I announced. I think I, I mean, I think. Yes, that happened to me too, but but I'm thinking about it like, why the fuck would they have done that in school? I know. I remember kids being like, yeah, and kids being like, no. It's so bananas. So crazy. God, that's so weird. I love it. I know. <laughs> Murder. Murder. Um, okay, wonderful. So the, the OJ book, great. Yeah. Um, okay, next category is, uh, let's do, okay, so let's do three... Um, Types of businesses and like the location where you would find them that you could have in this alternate universe. I know we talked about like a vintage store. So oh, if yeah. you owned one, where would it be? And even if it must needs be three vintage stores, just tell me like what cities it would be fun to kind of. Okay. Um, let's do, let's do like a weird vintage store in Minneapolis. Great. Let's do one in Palm Springs. Great. And let's do one in Philadelphia. Great. I've only been to Philadelphia once, but I really liked it. It's great. Both my siblings live there now. I definitely, it was definitely a feeling of, I I feel like it's funny because I haven't traveled so very much, um, but I've traveled enough now, especially in the contiguous United States, that when I go to a place like Philadelphia and I've not been before and I've never been to Minneapolis either, I do have this sense of like, God, I can't, this has always been here. Why have I not, how did I, I feel weird about not having ever been here now. And I I didn't know I was going to feel this weird, but that's how I felt also going to DC for the first time because all of the sort of East coast stuff was, you know, for me, just like New York places in Massachusetts because I had friends there places in Vermont because I had friends there as a kid. Right. 
but nothing I'd never Philly, never DC, never Baltimore, never, you know, tons of right. tons of cities that when you live in the West, everything's so spread out. It's like right. a weird, it, it's, it's kind of a mind fuck that there are so many, like, I remember people saying like, like it, like how, like I was way older than I feel like I should have been to hear someone say, well, why can't you just fly into Newark and have me go like, what are you talking about? Right. New York city is where I need to go. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like Philadelphia is right. not commutable to New York. What are you talking about? People are like, no, it's like really easy on the train. It's just not a big deal. Totally. And that seemed so foreign to me because it felt like I had to travel eight hours to get to another big city or in, you know, in the case of Tucson and Phoenix, they're two hours apart. But beyond that, you don't go anywhere else. Like going to San Diego with my dad was like a long trip. So it just never, that was something that, and even when I would visit friends, my, when I would visit my friend Meredith in, in Boston, which I talked about very recently, Pittsfield actually. Um, and we did go to, you know, we went into Vermont, we went into New Hampshire. Um, we were still kind of just doing like the small town thing, except for going to Boston. So it's right. still, and when you're a kid, time, all time feels long. So even so if we'd long. been in the car for an hour, I would have been like, oh, it took forever. Why am I doing it? Yeah. But now being, uh, being the age that I am and realize and sort of going like, oh, right. So I was on the train for like a couple of hours from New York to DC. And then I was just there in this completely different world that was so still different. awesomely like amazing and intricate and detailed and a whole different vibe and all of that. I right. really do dig that about the East Coast because it's just not something I ever knew as a, as a youth. It's so cool. And I grew up three years, three years, three hours from New York, Baltimore, Philly. Pittsburgh was like four and a half, five. So it was great to like hop in the car and get to go somewhere cool for the yeah. weekend. It was and great. so to be someplace that's as rural as it was, like my experience being, I was just in like a medium sized city, you know? Right. So to have like the extremes in both directions, I think is really cool. I bet it fill, filled fun. out your personality in a kind of a cool, unique way. Yeah, it was great. Um, let's do uh, three uh, foods that are um, not uh, great to have in perpetuity in this world, but in our MASH universe. You can have them at the snap of a finger as much as you want with no ramifications. Nachos. Mm, nice. Soft pretzels. Oh, my God. Thank you. No one says soft pretzels. So good. Fucking soft pretzels with cheese. Cheese, that, melty, that like that like, horrible melty fake cheese, or the ones that are stuffed with the jalapeno cheese. Yes, thank you. So I'm good. living vicariously through your mash right now. Oh, so good. Chocolate pudding. Oh God, that's an easy. God. That's easy. That's this an easy question. Be, I think this is officially the the closest, if not the most actual, literal three that I would list that anyone has ever said. Thank you. I feel honored to do it. It's funny that I'm like, food, here it is. Books, have I I read a book? (laughs) Am I going to pick a book where I sound dumb? Like, so nervous. That's all lizard brain stuff, though. I I feel like it's not surprising that food, shelter, and sex are sort of the things that are easiest to conjure on some level. Right there. Speaking of sex. Sex. uh, Let's take three uh, people who, and it can be, um, and of any era, any age, any version of them can be even just the character they played in mm-hmm. something. Three uh, people that you would either want, you know, sexy times, sort of alternate universe partner, mm-hmm. etc. Three. Young Robert Redford. Yeah, great. Tom Hardy. Great. I'm trying to think of another hottie. 
I'm just going to go with Chris Hemsworth. I'm going the most basic. Go for it. Go for it. You're going with the chocolate pudding and soft pretzel of men. Yeah, I'm just like, you know what? Fantastic. These are some hotties. Those were right there ready and waiting. I think they were great. They are, but like they all have, I mean, Chris Hemsworth, I guess, would be the person I feel this least about, but fucking Tom Hardy disappears into a role like very few actors these days. Right. I mean, he just is gone. He's very talented. It's stunning. Yeah. That mouth is just... I feel like in every movie where he plays someone kind of rough around the edges, they have to be like, all right, what are we going to do about the mouth? You want to do a beard? Should we do a mustache? Like, how are we going to hide his perfect, fluffy lips? During The Revenant, my biggest complaint was like, he's not hot in it. Yeah, he's <laughs> awful in it. I'm like, there's no... Talk about disappearing into I it. I can't work up anything Yeah, I, can't, I got nothing to work with. I yeah, got nothing to right. work with. Next. Yeah, he really did it. But it's like, you know, someone like Gary Oldman, he sort of expected to disappear because he does have like, you know, he's a, an astonishing actor and he sort of could look like anyone. Right. But Tom Hardy, it's amazing that he's still able to disappear because you see that face and you're like, oh, I'll always, I'll always know it's him. Right. You those face, I mean? that, those tattoos. Yeah. Yeah. He's all right. He's good work. Cute. You did a good job. Thank you. Um, let's I'm see. Proud. Uh, let's do, uh, let's do... Well, let's do the let's do the sort of style from the past that um, either for comfort reasons or for like it's just not easy to walk around in a tuxedo or whatever um, in terms of how people look at you. Uh, three styles of clothes that you could just um, d- disappear into again uh, with you know like no one would bat an eyelash and it wouldn't be like uncomfortable if you have always wanted to wear a corset, but you're like right. I know what it would do to me physically. Seventies um, muumuu. Which basically falls into the same category as kimono, which I also. Oh, it's really like, enjoy. hey, let's I do know. that. If no one, if everyone's gonna be like cool with it, yeah, put me in a mumu. Yeah, um, like those really cool, uh, like wide legged, high waisted forties pants, like the whole Catherine yeah. Hepburn mm-hmm. look. Absolutely, my friend Eva does a really good job with that. Currently, she does it well, um, and I think just like eighties weirdness like new wave 80s weirdness. sure sure i'm glad I, I i enjoy that that is something that is kind of around even just like seeing people with like half their head shaved and stuff it's it's it i like it like, like i'm i'm pleased by it full cindy lopper oh by all means just by like all means weird hair and yeah tool little skirts yeah and just like clutter Clutter. Like, just a cluttered person. Like, but like more is wonderful. more. More is more. More is more. Totally. Brilliant. Uh, okay, let's do um, three people that you would love to work on something with professionally, but for one reason or another, either that they are no longer living or uh, that it just, it, they're doing something that's so incredibly different from what you're doing. It may not happen, so in this world, we can make it happen. Right. Nora Ephron. My friend Irma Kalish, who's like a 90-year-old comedy writer. Love it. I love her. Um, I'm putting Irma K only because I don't have enough room to write yeah, Kalish. Yeah, Irma K. Um, let me think of uh, somebody else. Um, Mary Tyler Moore. Great. MTN. To write a comedy and have Mary Tyler Moore I act in it. I know. I feel like that could happen. That's true. I mean, she's not doing. I mean, I've listen. Keep her on the list by all means, but I'm just telling you, dare to dream, dare to dream. I'm, I'm dreaming right now. Okay, good. Uh, final category. <laughs> I put a lot of pressure on myself. This final category. Ooh, I'm ready for it. How about 
you know what? I'm going to go like, uh, you know, superpower or like weird, unearthly ability to do something. uh, uh, Three. Um, Eavesdrop from as far away as I want. Great. Just chill. But to be able to turn it on and off. So you're not going to hear something when somebody's talking shit about something you don't want to hear about. It's not like you just can't turn it off. If I'm at the mall, I see a couple fighting over there, like teens, and they were like dry humping on the fountain Uh a couple seconds ago. (laughs) And now they're in a fight. Good use. I want to hear that fight. It's a good use of a gift. It's a good use of a gift. What's going to happen with that? Yeah. So that would be one. Great. Um, I think just the ability to like chill myself out. Yeah. Take those bad voices out of my head and just chill myself out. Love it. Um, shape-shifting would Great. be the third one. Great. Just to be like, and I would use this in very disgusting ways. Just oh, like, yeah? Just like, I want a different outfit. <laughs> My hair looks stupid today. Uh, yeah. And maybe, like, I'll be a dog. But uh-huh. really, just look at my cool clothes. <laughs> I don't want to have to take my bra off if I can just... Yeah, just yeah. like, oh, maybe today I have big boobs. Uh-huh. I'm, Listen, there's a lot to be said for that. Murder also. and physical appearance. Murder. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm being marked by. And I'm so sad and in my head about it. But I'm, just, think, I'm plowing through. I think I'm very proud. I'm, I'm proud and I stand by all of your choices. Thank you. So not to worry. Thank okay, you. Tell me when to stop stop Mm, getting it done i'm gonna pause this do some calculating there's not a lot of calculating uh hard math with your 100 guaranteed mash future i can't wait i'm gonna uh, no no if it's not all right i mean those are all three i know you i certainly now want a soft pretzel very desperately so badly okay uh yeah these are these are great um First of all, God, I don't even know where to start. I'm so pleased. Well, you know what? Let's just get let's just get uh, some of your uh, theater acumen out of the way and uh, congratulate you for your role on Broadway as the narrator uh, in Joseph. <laughs> Joseph's coat annoyed. <laughs> God, so I've seen. Stupid. I've only seen. I've certainly was never performed in it. Nothing I ever did was religious in nature. Like no, no school I was ever in would have done Godspell or jo- right. Technicolor Dreamcoat or anything like that. Um, certainly not Jesus Christ Superstar, but. Uh, I've only seen it once, um, but anything from that era where things are just groovy is just like, it's a whole different kettle of fish. I saw the Donny Osmond one because my friend was in it in oh, Boston. Nice. And it yeah. was life-changing. It was. It was great. That's great. <laughs> I loved it. And you still get there and you see shows. You like still seeing theater on Broadway? Yeah, I was just in I'm London and I saw like, I think I saw six shows in, you know, five days or whatever, but mostly plays. I'm yeah. not really interested in musicals anymore. Yeah. I don't, I mean, that's, I gravitate certainly towards seeing the plays too, right. but I'm still really bad about it. Uh, okay. Um, okay. So great, 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 great. Uh, I, that, I guess, um, you're busy doing that, but luckily you've got the business up and running, uh, that you don't have to worry about it. It's cause it's, it's over in Philly. You've got your vintage Woo! shop in Philly, which is great. Cause it keeps you connected to that city. That's where your um, siblings are anyway. Oh, so and, good. uh, fantastic. Love this. Um, but you know, uh, both of those things are taxing, you know, running a business, you're thinking about it. Uh, you're wanting to make sure it's managed well. People are finding their dream coats there. Uh, <laughs> and you're doing Joseph, uh, maybe you need to disappear into your house. Um, your vacation house, uh, in, Inside the world of uh, Tubin's OJ, OJ uh, book. So I assume you like the next door neighbor in Brentwood in this book. Oh, mid 90s uh, LA. Well done. Well done. Um, really, really the polar opposite of where you grew up. I think it's kind of amazing and terrific. Uh, with unlimited 
pulling the band-aid off chocolate uh, pudding ah uh, but i like to think you have a jacuzzi of chocolate pudding in this house oh you uh, know i do because why wouldn't you in this in, the, in that scenario why wouldn't you be soaking in your chocolate pudding hot tub with chris hemsworth i just died yeah <laughs> i just got genuinely so happy like i get to experience yeah. this you just did very well for yourself you did very well for yourself um also i'm really excited about seeing you in your new wave 80s like extreme just fucking working it working it which works with the vintage door which works uh weirdly with joseph which works uh certainly with uh like you being like the weird hipster 80s person in the oj simpson story i'm um, just gonna get on board yeah and then, by the way if you're t- if you get tired of it go ahead and shape your shift shape shape your shift shift your shape yes. shift your shape right away no uh. must no fuss um, and then uh, all of this being uh, kind of rounded up with uh, your future working with Mary Tyler Moore. That's great. So good. Who's going to be like, I love your look. It's so fun. Because you know so she's just cool. happy right now. Yeah. Great work. Thank you so you much. I'm proud. Listen, you did it. You did it all. <laughs> you did it. You, you worked that Sharpie. Well, I You did made my dreams Sharpie. come true. Uh, I'm very, very pleased to hear it. Now, uh, we are looking forward to um, season three of The Worst. That's very, yes, very exciting. Up. Um, you are working on a project uh, as well um, that uh, is probably too fresh to uh, tell anyone about yet, but we yeah. will keep everyone uh, apprised. And um, can people follow you on Twitter, etc.? Yeah. At Bennett Lee. B-E-N-N. You don't spell it out. You can find me. I'm Allison yeah. Bennett. Don't overdo it. Don't <laughs> overthink it. Don't think it's like L-E-I-G-H. Just do yourself a favor. It right? is. It is? Is it really? Yeah. Oh, I follow you, so I don't know. I guess, yeah. my, I guess in my mind, when you said that, I was like, well, it can't be the complicated way. It is the complicated way. Were. L-E-I-G-H. I'm glad we got this fight out of the way. I, and it yeah. is the easy part. Totally. Don't forget about the L-E-I-G-H. Just don't. Um, do yourself a big favor. Get yourself a soft pretzel. Dip it in some chocolate pudding. Get ready I mean, for I would some murder eat, I would eat those things all together right now. Let's do I it, would, I would eat some. I would eat soft pretzel. Then you have the chocolate pudding. Both of those are very soft foods. You want to have the crispiness of the nachos to kind of give a little bit of crunch. Oh, Love those so soft good. foods. Is there something wrong with my teeth? <laughs> <laughs> this is how you're finding out. Oh, no. We need to talk. They're crumbling even as we speak. Next time I see, I'll be like, "Hard be at it." Yeah. No, she's gumming her way through the, all the chocolate pudding in the world, guys. It's an eighty-year-old's dream come true. I love also, it. eighty is not uh, in any way old anymore. Now it's like a hundred. So um, crazy. Uh, awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you for doing the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And, uh, what a pleasure and a joy. Oh my god, thank you. Bye guys. Bye. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by The Amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.